I was with us and um, we were looking at planting the heavens. And I'll just do a quick recap on what we learned last week. And then we journey into what the Lord we asked, you know, what the Lord asked for us this morning. Okay, so what we saw last week is the fact that uh, uh, we, we saw two heavens, the present, two heavens, the present, and then the future to come. The present as a result of Adam's disobedience, corruption has affected the present art and by extension, the present heaven. And what God has some really told us in uh, that Isaiah 51 verse 6, if you read again, is the fact that uh, the present heaven will vanish away like smoke and the earth also will wax old like a garment. And uh, we saw that in 2 Peter chapter 3, God is telling us that uh, this present heaven and the earth will melt away. And uh, did you remember telling us that uh, for us as saints of God, it becomes our wisdom not to put our trust, our hope in any part of this globe, regardless of the beauty, the civility, and the civilization. This is no more our world. This is no more our destination. Our destination has to do with that which is to come. And that is what God said in verse 16, we read that, you know, and in verse 16, and I'll put my words in your mouth and I'll cover thee in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens. Actually, that I may plant the new heavens and lay the foundation and say unto Zion, thou art my people. And that new heavens and new art is to be exclusively inhabited by God's people. Now, if you quickly come with me now to 2 Peter now, 2 Peter and chapter 3, you will see it there. Look at it, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, God's people, we, exclusive, according to his promise, so we see that kind of promise, you know, it was a prophetic utterance through Isaiah, according to his promise, look for new heavens and, new, and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. The present earth does, cannot boast of this. The present earth is bedeviled with all manner of vices. Regardless of the beauties we see, we see that corruption indwells the old globe. Whether you call it US, whether you call it Canada, whether you call it UK, whether you call it Asia, any part, you understand the old world lies in wickedness. The Bible tells us that we dwell in the midst of a corrupt and a crooked generation. And civility, technology cannot handle this. So fundamentally, there is flaw in our globe. And what God is saying is not to refurbish, is to say good readers to bad rubbish, is to completely remove it. Just in the same way, we saw that God did not work on our old heart. God actually gave us a new heart. It was complete 
change, you know, exchange of our heart. God told us in Ezekiel that a new heart will I give you. In the same vein, it's a new heaven that God has given us. It's a new body that God will give to the saints. So this present body that you and I have possession of is not the body that will inhabit that new heavens and new earth to come. Jesus has already procured it, but we are here to take delivery of, of this body. That's why the Bible tells us that there is a purchased possession that the saints will yet take. Okay, so we see that. But you see, while we await the new heavens and the new earth to come, God says something that we need to look at in that Isaiah 51. And look at it, verses 3, and 4, 3, verse 3. In the midst of all this, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all our waste places. And let's get to verse 12 now. Verse 12. I, even I, am the one that comforted you. Who are thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man? And it continue. So you see, while the program of God is in place, the present heaven, the present world, the present earth, and there is that one to come. In that time space, there is something that is going on, and that is God is comforting his people. There is something supernatural. There is something powerful that God himself is orchestrating in the midst of his people. And as we run to the New Testament, we see that Jesus ultimately told us that there is a comfort that God is doing and there is a comforter that is executing that. And that is the third person of Godhead who is presently the comforter of the church, the paraclete, our standby, our strengthener, our advocate, our helper, our teacher, the one who makes the things of God real to us, the one who strengthens us in the midst of challenges, in the midst of all manner of opposition, the one who strengthens us, the one who helps us, the one who makes, who brings the reality of the things that God has promised, who brings such to us. When Jesus was going, he said, and I will send another comforter, you know, who will bring, you know, who will bring to remembrance all the things that I've taught you. And Jesus said, he will take of mine and he will show you to you. Now, what I want to bring out this morning is that while we anticipate the heavens, which is actually a physical one to come, and a new art, which is actually a physical one, how be it is of a different type from this present one, but that type we don't know it. Eyes have not seen it, ears have not heard it, neither has it entered into the art of any. But we know it is real because God, the faithful one, is the one who promised such. And so we can rest on the fact that faithful is you as promised who will do it. But while we await this, there is a type of planting that God is doing in the saints. And that is the basis of the comfort that God is doing to the church. 
There is a planting that God is doing. And let's look at that planting in Ephesians. Ephesians now, chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse, um, verse 9 now. I haven't made known, that's God now, making known to us the mystery of his will, the hidden truth that has to do with God's will according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and that which are on earth, even in him. You see, the heavens that is to come and the earth that is to come will ultimately be an outward display of the fullness of that which is bound up in Christ. Actually, the planting of the Lord that we will yet see, you know, that is to come will be an expression of the fullness that is found in Christ. And so what God is doing in the now is to give us a foretaste by planting Christ in us. So Christ in us is already giving us a dimension of that which is to come. And the Holy Spirit of God, the comforter, is the one that is doing that work. So when we talk of planting the heavens, there is a physical one that is to come. But there is a spiritual part of that that God is doing now. And that is the planting of Christ in us, which is the consummation of all of the creation of God. All the creation of God, all that God has done outside, you know, the confines of Trinity consummates in Christ. And so we enjoy all that God is doing in Christ. So planting the heavens to us in the now as a relevance, which the Spirit of God is batting in us, Christ. So we can now begin to talk about planting of Christ in the saints, which now give the saints an advantage that regardless of the circumstance, whether advantaged, so somebody in a a nation that is not really advantaged or somebody in a nation that seems to have advantage, really all these things have become neutral. Mm. The ultimate advantage of the saints is no more about any physical nation. It is now the fullness of Christ being battered in us. That's why Apostle Paul when he stood before Agrippa and the powers that be in the den room, and he was to defend himself, he started sharing the faith. And Agrippa said, you know, he made a statement and he said, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. And Paul said, not only you, but everybody that sits today, I wish you guys will be as I am. And you see, I've always wondered, who are you? You are taken from prison to defend yourself. 
What do you have? As at that time, Paul never built no house. He had no financial advantage like other people. In fact, it was, it was a man that said in hunger often, in peril, in shipwreck, and all manner of disadvantage that bedeviled his life. Even though he basked and moved in glory that transcended, you know, that transcend that which, you know, other men touched at that time. And Paul said, I wish you guys would be as I am. So I look at Paul as a man that carried something that was beyond what the Agrippas and the powers that be at that time touched. So God is calling us, the saints of God, into an experience, into a life that is beyond all that we can see here, all that we can touch, all that we can get in any of our institutions, that the ultimate, the zenith of living, in terms of experience, consummates in Christ. And that is heaven that God has given to us as gifts. This is God's ultimate gift to us. Christ, the gift is ultimate gift to us. The heaven that God is planting in us. Because all of heavens has become reality to us only in Christ. And that is what the comforter is doing. That is what God is saying by saying, I will comfort my people. God is not talking about something trivial as if you enter, you are in challenges, and God is saying, oh, please, sorry, don't worry, things will get better. That is not the language. It is the language of strength. It is the language of hope. It is the language of ultimate living. And, the, you know, the paraclete. The Holy Spirit of God is communicating that to us. It is on this basis that true living, you know, powerful living is, you know, is experienced. And that is what God is doing to you and I. And that is why I believe a platform like this creates an opportunity for the saints to interact, not just with one another, but with heaven to interact with God. It is on this kind of platform, we continually, you know, experience Christ in deeper dimension. The Bible told us in Colossians chapter two, verse six, as you have therefore received the Lord Jesus, so walk ye in him, be grounded and be rooted. So God is doing a work that the saints has become more than a man. You and I have become more than just human beings living, you know, making, you know, achieving greatness, achieving things, eating, drinking, building houses, buying this and that, just like other men. You see, if you and I will not touch what is beyond what people that do not know God can touch, what dollars can buy, Euro can buy, what our Naira in Nigeria can buy, if you and I will not touch anything that transcends that, then I wonder what Christianity is all about. The apostle says, if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. So God has brought us to a platform that what we are touching is unsearchable. There are riches that are incorruptible. There are riches that money cannot buy. There are debts that even a man in his poverty that doesn't have the things of this life, glory because of transcending riches. 
It's that that David saw in, in his Psalm 4, towards the last verse, I guess the second to the last, he said, thou hast put gladness in our heart, more than the times they are, they are corn and their wine increased. So God is doing something that brings gladness. God is bringing something to the same that is far beyond what we can get in any institution, what, we, what money can buy. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need those things, but they are not they, you know, they are not the pursuit, neither are they the reflection of the same. The Bible says, for as much as we know, we are not redeemed by corruptible things as silver and gold, neither are we redeemed for such. We are not redeemed by them, neither are we redeemed for them. Neither must we be measured by those things. But we are brought into a life where our ultimate celebration is Christ. This is what God is doing. This is what the comforter is building in us. It, and it's on this note that we have our mission in life. We now have a greater reason for living. It's on this that we have our conversation. So Christ has now become the basis of our conversation, our lifestyle, our manner of living. We live from this dimension. We live from the fact that we live now from the fact that we have an allegiance to the one that lives in the heaven, who has mm -hmm. come to take residence on the inside of us, that the mm -hmm. spirit of God is now working and engineering a process in us, whereby we are conforming to him in all things. This Amen. is heaven to the saints. This is a dimension of living that is beyond what anyone on earth can actually use human logic to you know to to you know to explain this is supernatural living so through the through the comforter we're conforming to christ we're becoming more like christ we are experiencing all of heavens we are ex we are touching things that transcend silver and gold then that now shapes what we live for we now live for a greater we now live little you know to execute god's purpose for our life in which you know the plan of god is to see others get saved and to you know to conform to the image of his son in all things so we we submit all our resources we, we use all our gifts, all our talents, all our advantages, even our disadvantages. We bring everything to, you know, to the table whereby God can take those things and then use to his own ultimate you know, glory. You know, we allow that to be done in our lives. Then we are walking worthy of the Lord. We are walking virtuously as a result of that oppression of the spirit of God on the inside of us. All us is to this end that God may be glorified in all things. So whether we are in the US, whether we are in Asia, whether we are in Arabian countries, whether we are in those countries that have stiff opposition to the gospel, where even there is such heinous you know, leadership that is provided there, as long as we are Christian, there is that secret oppression that is going on. There is that secret engineering that the Spirit of God is doing. And God is raising this kind of people for themselves. Even though externally, nothing appears like heaven around them, but internally, oh boy, 
There's something glorious that is taking place. There's a foretaste. There's something that, you know, money, nothing on this earth can explain. It's an, un, you know, it's an unspeakable joy, you know, unexplainable joy, but that is supernaturally battered in us. This is what God is doing in the inside of the same, on the inside of the same. And that's why you and I can rejoice on in all situations and circumstances. Things that doesn't have to be okay before we rejoice. Things doesn't have to be bad for us to despair. All us is because of that oppression of the spirit of God that is going on on the inside of us constantly. And so we rejoice in the fact that we are in him. We rejoice in the fact that there's something being battered in us constantly. Everyone has come to, resident, to take residence on the inside of us. Through this, we are blessings to our generation. We are light to our world. In fact, as we ultimately now anticipate the, you know, the physical dimension of this to come, we make this present world a better place. C.S. Lewis said this. Those who have made this, no, you know, said this, that those who have made this world a better place are the people who are conscious of the next. They are not bound to this, but in their world, anticipation of that which is to come, they undo this one to the glory of God as steward of this present world that will soon pass away. All because of that unexplainable, you understand, how be it real, oppression of God by his spirit that is taking place on the inside of them. God is planting the heavens as Christ is being planted on the inside of us. This is the work that the Spirit of God is doing. As Christ is constantly being battered, both in virtue and in the display of the charisma of the Spirit of God. And so you and I, we have become God's ambassadors. We have become God's emissaries to demonstrate this to our lost world. And to, so that we too can invite them through our life, through our words, and through all that God has endowed us with. And so I say, let the heavens be planted. Let's join forces together in prayers as we look unto God and say, Lord, yet plant your heavens as Christ is planted.